Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I am your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 29. This week, we're going to talk about the books, movies, music, and TV that I've been loving this month. So sit back, relax, pick out your favorite snack that you smuggle inside the movie theater from time to time. You know you do it. And let's get started. So for the first time in a really long time, I'm having what I would call a pretty relaxing summer. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I have quit procrastinating as much as I have historically procrastinated. I have always been one of those people that I feel like, well, I claim that I work well under pressure, which I do, but it always makes me feel so anxious and worried. And every time I wait until the last minute to do something, I say to myself every time, why do you do this? This is the last time you'll do this. And then again, when a deadline approaches, I will wait until the last minute. And I have been like this since elementary school. And I will always deliver on what I have promised to do or the thing that I needed to get done. But I've always known in the back of my mind that there is a better way. And it turns out there is. And it's called just doing it in a timely manner, like normal people do. Who would have known? But I really do feel like this summer, I have just been on top of things a little bit more. I've been turning in work projects early. I have been on a cleaning schedule for my house that I've stuck to. I've been grocery shopping ahead of time, so I have meals planned. And it really is just a much calmer state of being. And I know that there are some of you driving in your car or listening to this, and you're looking at the radio right now like, everybody does this. This is Why is she acting like this is news? But for me, it is a revelation. And there are several things that have gotten better because of this new way of living. But the thing that I've noticed the most is that I'm really enjoying my downtime. And I think, well, I know it's because I don't have that little voice in the back of my head going, you know, you really should be finishing that work assignment, or you really should be calling that person back because I've already done it. I've done the things that I'm supposed to do. So when five o'clock rolls around or whatever time I'm done with things, I can actually enjoy my relaxation time. And so I have read more. I have been watching some great TV shows, some movies. I've been laying and just listening to music, which is, that is one of the greatest pleasures, I think, just to, you know, lay on your couch and close your eyes and listen to music. I haven't done that in a long time until recently. So entertainment has been more entertaining because I am calmer and able to actually enjoy it. So for this episode, I'm just going to tell you guys about some of the things that I have really been enjoying in the past month. But before we get into this episode, I do want to talk to you guys for just a second about the Resting Church Face book club. If you signed up for the book club, I have not forgotten about you. You will be receiving a message from me this week on Instagram or Facebook. If you don't receive a message from me this week, please let me know. Contact me on Instagram or Facebook, and I will make sure to get that message out to you. We will be talking about the book that we are reading. We are reading Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. I've really enjoyed it. And we're going to be talking about that in August. So the deadline to finish the book is kind of probably August 5th-ish is kind of what I'm looking at. But I'll have all the details for you in the message that I send out this week. Okay, let's get on with the episode. I mentioned this in the Glimmers episode, but I have really been enjoying mystery books this summer. Murder mystery books that are not heavy on murder. (laughs) 
So they're just pretty cozy, the kind that make you feel like you are in an English setting in a village and Miss Marple could be your next door neighbor and you're going to help her solve that mystery in front of the fire with some tea. Even though I don't like tea, I like to pretend that I would like tea if I lived in England. And I have read so many of these murder mysteries now that I feel like I could do it in real life. I could be an amateur sleuth. If someone in my town was, say, you know, poisoned by their greedy nephew, I feel like I could walk into the room, interview some people, and I'd be able to be like, it's him. And I really do pride myself on reading a mystery and being able to figure out who it is in the very beginning and then at the end being like, I was right. But my favorite kind of murder mystery book is when I can't do that. So I've said this before, the best murder mystery novelist author I've ever read still to this day, is Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie is still the queen of murder mystery novels because she is so good about her red herring. She will throw out suspects and you will think you know who it is. And then she'll say, no, it's probably this person. And you're like, oh, I think it is this person. And then at the end of the novel, it might be the person you thought in the beginning, but you're never quite sure until the big reveal. And it's such fun. It's so much fun because you don't know who the bad guy is. And I've had a really hard time finding authors that really can live up to Agatha Christie, but I have found two that I really enjoy. And so I'm going to tell you about them. The first one is M.C. Beaton. Now, M.C. Beaton has been around for a long time. In fact, she just passed away a few years ago and she wrote a ton of mystery novels and their series. She has one called the Hamish Macbeth series set in Scotland. And I like those. They're really cute. But the ones that I really love are the Agatha Raisin mystery series. So it's also a TV show on the BBC, but the books are just charming. They all center around this woman named Agatha Raisin, who was this high-powered businesswoman in London. And she's in her early 50s. She has a ton of money, and she decides she's going to retire. And she's always wanted to move to the countryside in England and live a quiet life. So she does that. But then when she gets there, she realizes that she's bored out of her mind. And she's somewhat acerbic and unlikable in the beginning, but you begin to just really start to like her because she has a lot of nuance and she meets, you know, a lot of characters. And the small town that she ends up living in, there's always, you know, there's a murder and she always finds herself in the middle of it. And there are characters that just keep popping up. And I just really enjoyed them. And I've enjoyed them not just because they're charming, but they're really well written. And I don't know who the bad guy is. It's that still that feeling of an Agatha Christie story where I'm not sure who did it. So many times I have been surprised by the murderer at the end of the novels. So the Agatha Raisin series, I highly recommend it. The other author that I've really been enjoying this month is Claire Douglas. So I have read two books that she's written. One was The Couple at Number Nine, and the one that I just finished is The Girls Who Disappeared. And I liked both of those books so much that I've decided I want to read everything that she's written. She is so good about throwing a twist at the end that kind of changes everything. She doesn't do ambiguous endings, which I really appreciate because I hate ambiguous endings. I don't like it. I've mentioned this before when I'm not sure what happened. Claire Douglas tells you what happened. It's point blank. You know who did it. You know why they did it. But the revelation at the end just changes the whole thing just a little bit. You'll think that everything is kind of, you know, 
tied up in a neat bow, but she'll just throw one little thing in and you're like, ooh, which I just love. So Mystery Stories by Claire Douglas. And she has a lot. So I looked her up and there are more than I thought. So I'm really excited. There really is nothing like discovering new books by authors that you had never heard of and realizing that they have a whole bunch of books. So you're not going to run out of them for a really long time. That's a great feeling. So my two picks for this summer for reading right now are going to be MC Beaton and Claire Douglas, and you should check them out. When I was young, we had a VHS copy of The Great Muppet Caper, and I watched that movie so many times that I could quote it, but I hadn't seen it in probably 25 years. And I was looking through Disney Plus, just kind of seeing what they had. And, you know, they had that whole section. It's like recommended for you. And I was going through it and I came upon The Great Muppet Caper and I thought, you know, I haven't seen that in a really long time. So I put it on. Guys, this movie is almost perfect. It's so funny And it's so much funnier as an adult because I've realized while I was watching it that I didn't understand half of the little jokes that are kind of meant for adults. And I have laughed so much. I've watched it a couple times, but I really want to talk about Charles Grodin and his performance because I have never been more convinced that someone loves a pig (laughs) more than I am watching Charles Grodin. He is so completely invested in this character and he plays it so straight that he is completely in love with Miss Piggy. I can't stand it. It's so funny. And just the little things that he does, like when he's talking to Diana Rigg and she says, I feel like there are thieves breathing down my neck. And he leans over and he goes, there are no thieves breathing down your neck, like right on her neck. That completely went over my head as a kid. When he's singing the song about Miss Piggy and it's obviously dubbed by a really fantastic opera singer, I truly thought when I was a child that that was Charles Grodin's voice. And I was like, he can sing. (laughs) And when she gets arrested and he's like, no, Piggy, no. It's just the passion that he puts behind it makes the whole movie worth it to me. But I had not realized all the cameos by the famous, by several famous, you know, actors, John Cleese's part as the bored English guy that that is in his house with his boring wife. It's just a fantastic movie. The songs are great. I could watch it over and over. And then seeing Charles Grodin in this movie reminded me also of a movie that I hadn't seen in a really long time, and that is Clifford. Now, I'm not talking about Clifford the Big Red Dog. I'm talking about Clifford the 1994 movie starring Martin Short and Charles Grodin, where Martin Short plays a 10-year-old boy. (laughs) And if it sounds stupid, it definitely is, but it is one of the funniest movies that I do not think gets enough credit for being as hilarious as it is because Martin Short genuinely plays a 10-year-old child, but in his adult body, they just make him look shorter. And so he like stands in ditches and things like that. So he looks even smaller than he actually is. It has a scene. My favorite scene in the whole movie is Charles Grodin and Martin Short, where they're having this conversation. And Charles Grodin says to Martin Short, try to look like a human boy for just for 10 seconds. And he can't do it. And he's like, see, you can't even do it. You can't look human. It is one of the funniest scenes, I think, in almost 
in a lot of movies that I've seen. I will laugh every time. Martin Short has a toy dinosaur named Stefan who does all these things. He blames Stefan for all of it, but it's Martin Short's delivery, but the gruffness of Charles Grodin, he plays his uncle in this, in this movie. You just, it's so funny. So it's not streaming on anything. It is streaming on Tubi. So if you have Tubi, you can watch that, but you can rent Clifford on any of the streaming apps and it's worth it. It is worth your $3.99. So those are the two movies that have really entertained me this month. Like I said at the beginning, I've also been listening to a lot of music this month. And, you know, I always listen to music in the car, but I don't really listen to the music sometimes. I will find myself just, when I'm driving, kind of looking for things I can sing along to. But I've really enjoyed just listening to new music or music that I haven't really paid that much attention to, listening to all the lyrics. And so there are three songs that I want to share with you that I have been listening to on repeat this month. The first song is by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, and it is called If We Were Vampires. And I know that sounds like it's going to be a creepy song or a weird song, but it is so beautiful. It is about how every one of us is going to die at some point, and if we love someone, we're going to leave them behind, or they are going to leave us behind. And Jason Isbell says in the song, if we were vampires, you know, basically we would be able to live forever. We wouldn't have to leave one another behind. And so the chorus says, maybe we'll get 40 years together, but one day I'll be gone and one day you'll be gone. And it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. The next song is by Kina Granis, and it is called Quiet. Kina Granis kind of made a name for herself as being the cover queen on YouTube. She covered so many songs. She still does. But she would always do them in, with her own spin. And I think she was one of the first people to really become popular for covering songs, but changing them slightly to where they feel fresh and new. But Kina Granis writes her own music, and she has some beautiful songs. And the song that I love the most of hers is called Quiet. And it is about being an introvert and how it is okay to be quiet. And the chorus says, I didn't know it was fine to be quiet. And I identified with that so much because growing up, I really was introverted, extremely introverted. And I still am introverted. I've been able to overcome a lot of that introversion through, you know, self-therapy, <laughs> I would say. But at my core, I am more of a reserved and quiet person. And I love how she talks about in the song that basically she was just never told that it was okay to be quiet. Like it's not a character flaw. There's nothing wrong with just sitting with your thoughts and feelings and enjoying solitude. So Quiet by Kina Granis beautiful song. And then the last song is by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell, and it's called When You Get to Asheville. Now, I have gone on record as stating that Steve Martin is one of my favorite people in the whole world, along with Martin Short. But I really wasn't all that familiar with Edie Brickell's music. She had a few songs in the 80s that I was kind of peripherally aware of, but there is something about her voice in combination with Steve Martin's banjo playing and orchestration that is just charming. There really is no other word for it. It's, it's what I would call kind of light bluegrass, but it's calming and it's happy. It just, it makes you smile. And the song, When You Get to Asheville, is about someone who loves somebody and kind of realizes it too late. The person has left. And so you get the feeling it's almost like they're writing them a letter. And in the letter, she's saying, 
when you get to Asheville, all of these different things. And then she says, but if it doesn't work out, you can still come on home. And the song really does give you the feeling that that person is going to get the letter and come home. It's a hopeful song. I just, I love it. I think they've released two albums. I've listened to all of them. I love it. Every song is great. I, I just can't say enough good things about it. But if you want to kind of get the feeling of all of their music, I think When You Get to Asheville is the best example of the kind of music that they have. So I'll put all three of these songs on our Spotify, Resting Church Space Spotify playlist, and you should go listen to them because they're just great. And then finally, there are two TV shows that I have really enjoyed this month, especially. The first one is called Silo. It is on Apple TV, and it is about Earth, and you're not really sure exactly when it's occurring, but you know that something happened 140 years ago that was really bad, like an uprising or a war or something, and everybody has ended up living underground because they say that being above ground, the air is toxic, something happened, you can't go outside. So there's a whole society of people that live underground, and it's huge. It's a huge city. And one of the people in this show at the very beginning begins to get suspicious that maybe they're not being told the truth. And so that's really all I'm going to say because I feel like telling you more about the story spoils it because you just keep learning new things every time you see an episode. And it's just so well done. It stars Rebecca Ferguson as the main character. And it has a lot of different other famous people, but she is the main the main star of the show. But it's just really good. So Silo on Apple TV. Okay, this next show. I cannot tell you how many people would gasp when I would tell them that I had not seen it. And I don't know why I hadn't watched it, but for some reason, I just hadn't. And so in the past couple of weeks, I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to try and watch the show. I'm just going to watch it. I'm sure I'll like it. And it's only Murders in the Building. I know. It stars Martin Short and Steve Martin, my two favorite people in the whole world. I don't know what I was doing not watching it, but y- you guys... I binge-watched the entire first season in, like, I think two days. I love it so much. Now, as a disclaimer, I will say the language is not child-friendly, but the storylines are charming and wonderful. It's about a podcast. Again, not sure what I was doing with my life, not watching the show, but I have loved every episode. I have laughed out loud at every episode. There is one particular moment in the show in season one where a character shows up, has a little cameo. And I'm not going to say who it was. I'm just going to say that, you know, Steve Martin's character plays a reti- he plays a retired actor. And in this episode, he has a body double. His former body double comes to visit him. I'm not going to tell you who the celebrity is that plays the body double, but I'll just say this. When they walked through the door, I guffawed. Now, I have read that word in many books, you know, so-and-so guffawed. And I don't think I've ever done it by myself especially, until I saw this person walk through the door on the show. I laughed so hard, and I just kept laughing because it got funnier and funnier and funnier. But this is Steve Martin and Martin Short at their best. I would say the delivery is so great. They play off each other so wonderfully. It's a mystery you have to solve at the end of each season. So I'm actually halfway through the second season, and I have been trying my best 
to ration myself because I know when it's over, I have to wait for the third season. And so I'm enjoying it so much that I'm trying to make myself watch just one episode a day. And it is very hard because I just want to sit and watch all of them all at once. But it's so good. It's on Hulu. You probably all have already seen it. But if you haven't, Only Murders in the Building. It's fantastic. Right, guys, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week and for telling your friends and family about the podcast and liking and subscribing and following. It means so much to me. If you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic because it does help other people find the podcast. If you would like to find me on Instagram, it's super easy. I am at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon. <laughs>